Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Let's pray together. Oh God, we give you thanks for your love. We thank you for one another. We thank you for a place to gather and worship you on this Labor Day weekend Sunday. We pray now that you would help us as we continue our work of trying to understand what it means to love like Jesus in this age of division. Lord, we need help with that. It's so hard, we don't know what to do. We get confused, we struggle. Help us now as we gather. Send your Spirit to open our hearts and minds to what you say to us today. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus, the one who calls us together. Amen. Let's hear now Luke 14, verses 25 to 33. This is a very, very tough passage of Scripture. Uh, Lots of hard words for all of us to hear. Let's hear them together. Now, large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For intending to build a tower does not first sit down and to see whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to oppose those who come against him with 20,000? Cannot, then... So far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So, therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. This is the word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. Uh, Dowdy, am I on this mic or this mic? Okay, then I'm going to turn this one off. Okay, good. I don't know. It's not the battery, I promise. I did check the battery before anybody says. Y'all know that's happened a time or two, don't you? I want to talk with you today about possessions and giving up. Possessions and giving up. Jesus in Luke 14 opens our eyes to the true cost of discipleship. 
which is hard for us to hear. Because in our modern world, we specialize in making the gospel easy. We like to do that. We preachers especially like to do that. Believe in Jesus, get baptized, be good, go to heaven. That's all. That's what we like to say. That is churchianity at its finest. While the gospel is so very simple and the free gift of God's grace we could never earn for ourselves, there is a cost in what comes next. There is a cost. That's what Jesus is telling us in Luke 14. Discipleship or following Jesus is the next step after you believe in Jesus. Well, preacher, I thought that was the last step, believing in Jesus. Oh, no, 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 that's not it. You missed the, you missed the whole thing entirely if you think that. Putting your faith in Jesus, accepting God's grace and forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. Why, that is just the opening move, the opening move. That's what that is. You are now ready to be part of God putting all things right in and through Jesus. You're not out there just being sweet and happy because you're going to heaven someday and hope to take a few folks with you. No, no, that's not it. You are now the advanced missionaries of the coming new creation of Revelation 21 and 22. You are living the kingdom of God into existence through the Holy Spirit in you. God is building that place where everybody has what they need to flourish. Peace with God, peace with each other, and a peace that seeks the well-being of all. That's what this is all about. Loving like Jesus in this age of division means that we must understand what's really happening and what is at stake and that we celebrate every tiny and imperfect victory. It is wonderful and exciting to be part of something so glorious and grand, no doubt, but make no mistake, it will cost you everything. Everything. That's what Jesus says, verse 33, everything. A price you will gladly pay when you consider that God has invited you to help with the redemption of the world. I want to talk with you today about possessions and giving up. There is a first layer, a first layer here in Luke 14 that we preachers rarely poke through, okay? I'm just being honest. We rarely poke through the first layer, but we're going to go through it today. Are you ready? You ready to go through it? Everybody ready to go through the first? Let's, let's cover the first layer just so we can get that out of the way. Here's a summary of a hundred first layer sermons that I think I myself have preached. Here we go. Are you ready? Do you have your stuff? You got to get real excited. Do you have your stuff? Or does your stuff have you? That's the first question. Do you have your stuff? Or does your stuff have you? Reorder relationship with stuff. Follow Jesus. Then you will have more and better stuff than you ever could have dreamed. You can then use it for good. Now, that's how we do. We all leave smiling and happy and only moderately challenged by what the preacher has said. That's what we usually do. But I must tell you, it is so much deeper than that. There is so much more here there are other possessions which can have us in bondage. Giving them up is much more difficult than selling that extra car or not buying that second vacation home. 
The first one Jesus talks about in verse 26, our families, our families. They mean the world to us. But when the call of Christ puts us at odds with near sacred relationships, Jesus says, choose me, not them. In the Greek, the word gets translated hate, but what it really means is love them less than Jesus in the case of a conflict. Love them less than Jesus. I have a friend, a good friend, whose brother came out as gay years ago. I'm sorry to talk about this, but it is one of those things that divides us. The whole family did what? The whole family shunned little brother. Big brother struggled mightily. He said to me, I searched the scriptures over and over, and all I could find is that it's God's job to love and convict, and my job to love. It's God's job to judge and convict, and my job to love. I chose to do that. He and I both lost our family, but we have each other, and Jesus has us both. He said to me, the greatest possession I have ever given up was my own family who couldn't love me anymore because I chose the way of Jesus, the same Jesus they introduced me to. It was all very confusing, but in Luke 14, Matthew 10, Mark 8, John 8, Jesus is not confusing at all. I knew what was required. We don't have to affirm everything about each other, but there is a command in Romans 15, 7, I must accept him as Christ has accepted me. That's a command. Jesus says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? That's Mark eight thirty six. Jesus says, in this case, in this case, choose me, even though it will cost you dearly. Another possession Jesus names, even life itself. You heard that, verse 26, even life itself. We all work so very hard to provide a, a comfortable lifestyle for our people, our families. Some of us are at the midpoint of life. We're feeling pretty good about where we are. What are we going to do when Jesus calls and says, I need you to live on much less so that you can help the poor more? Or what are we going to do when he calls and says, I need you to take a lesser job so you can have more time to be about my work? What about 10, 15, 20 hours a week for me? I need you to do that. Sometimes Jesus says to us, I don't need you to wait till retirement. I need you now. It's going to turn your world upside down. But when the Lord is in it, when the Lord is in it, what do you do? Well, you pay the price. You make the sacrifice. Why? In the name of Jesus, you are, you are living the new creation into existence in a physical way. What you once wanted fades into the background as the desperate needs of those around you take first place in your heart and mind. You are safe. You are secure in the arms of Jesus. What do you have to worry about? Give up all of that other stuff and be about the work of God. So easy to say. So easy for the preacher to say. So hard to actually do Another possession, reputation, reputation, what other people think about us. That is a possession that I value so very much. I have cultivated that possession in my own life. I have delighted in it, found peace and strength in it. I have used it 
to good effect for the kingdom of God, I have also seen my reputation become an idol, driving my decision-making and a sort of a pretend faithfulness to Jesus. I am, if I may be honest, I am secretly proud that most of you see me as an old school pastor who preaches the Bible, who just wants you to love Jesus and each other. I'm real proud of that, actually. Very proud of that. That's exactly who I hope to be. That's a reputation I have worked 17 years to build. Some months ago, I stood before this congregation in the sanctuary, and I baptized a precious little girl she cried the whole time. Some of y'all were in the room that day. She cried the whole time. It probably means she's going to be a preacher. That's probably what's happening when they cry like that. The only thing different about this little girl is that she, she has two dads who are covenant members of our church family. She does. That's just the truth of it. This baptism, you might imagine, did not please everyone. I had a dozen very tough conversations that week, and I discovered, much to my dismay and heartbreak, that my reputation was in tatters. Good people had really tough questions. Good people whom I love so very much had very tough questions for me. How could you do this? You grieved the heart of God, they said. What will the children say? What will I say to my children? Haven't you read the scriptures? But you said it was a sin just a few months ago. And on and on, on and on they went. Some of these folks have left. Most have stayed. And I am so proud of you for that. But I must say again, Jesus is crystal clear. Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such as this belongs the kingdom of heaven. That's Matthew 19, 14. He says again, Matthew 28, 19, Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing as you go and teaching them to obey. Nowhere, nowhere does it say that little two-year-olds with faithful Christian parents cannot be baptized unless their parents meet our purity test. Friends, I could not meet the purity test that has been placed upon these people and others like them. I have read my Bible cover to cover every year for 25 years, sometimes twice when I'm in a time of great need, and that ain't in there. It ain't in there. What is in there? That it grieves the heart of God Every single time God's people start cutting folk out because of our twin sins, pride and self-righteousness. When we ever stop grieving the heart of God and open ourselves to the life-changing love of Jesus which wants to flow from our hearts to the world, our reputation will wind up in tatters. Just go read Matthew 5. It's in there. Because we will find ourselves rubbing elbows with the same cut-out people Jesus spent his life cutting back in. If you can't find that in the Bible, you haven't read the whole thing. 
and you might just be listening too much to what everybody else says about it rather than what's in there. What does Jesus say about reputation to those who are serious about loving like Jesus in this age of division? Verse 33 is so very plain. None of you, none, none of you can be my disciple if you do not give it up. Better for you to be faithful to the Jesus we find in this book than beloved by those who have made Jesus in their own image. Friends, do not let the division and darkness of this age cloud the bright light of the gospel of Jesus Christ when it must shine the brightest. That is, verse 27, the cross which you must carry as you leave this place today. Carry it well. True life for many a desperate soul hangs upon it. Do not put it down. Even when other well-meaning Christians tell you that you must. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Thanks be to God. Amen.